Big Apple Elevator Service is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, family-owned and operated elevator maintenance and repair company. We'll provide you with the best service possible with a one-hour response time for any trouble calls you may have. We also perform all Category 1 and 5 tests that are required in New York and clear any existing violations so your elevators are safe and up to code. Call 212-279-0700. 212-279-0700. When the cameras aren't rolling and the spotlight is off, what are your favorite celebs really like? This is Buck the System, the podcast that peeks behind the curtain, under the covers, and brings you along as host Buck Gritano exposes real reality. We started with the captains of the smash hit TV show Wicked Tuna. How cool is that? And every time we buck the system, we have an awesome time doing it. So now, let's have some fun. Are you ready? We started with the captains of the smash hit TV show Wicked Tuna. How cool is that? And every time we buck the system, we have an awesome time doing it. So now, let's have some fun. Are you ready? Buckle up and let's go. Hey, welcome everybody. Booker Tano and Brian Fox at you for the first time. Like, welcome everybody to Buck the System. Uh, we're on Facebook Live, and it's kind of cool, man. So, uh, we get a chance. First of all, let me get right to the, the gist of it. Want to get something off my chest? I have another uh, sponsor I'd like to uh, shout out and stuff like that. Give them a sponsor shout out. But Facebook over the last, I would say, uh, maybe three, two weeks. I've been getting people texting me or messaging me about um, sending them reports. I'm reporting them. So I got hacked. And I never got hacked on Facebook before. So whoever was on my Facebook account was like reporting people in different pages and different stuff like that. I had one where I had a guest on last week, Tom Murphy from Currents. This episode of Buck the System is all about Rockaway. So every Thursday nights, me and Brian Fox will come on with somebody from the Rockaways and Today's guest is, I'm happy to mention, today's guest, pro wrestler. He's in the, the, the Rockaway Times, and he does an article now, communist, uh, communist, hear me, a columnist uh, for the Wave, uh, Wrestle, what's for the Times, Wrestle Talk, Wrestling Talk, or something like that. I'd like to welcome Jade, Eric Jade, into the show. Eric, I'm just all thrown off. Brian's my man. How you doing, Brian? Just give me a heads up. I know he's trying to share away. We're trying to do something here with Rockaway, and we're looking for Rockaway guests for Thursday nights. And uh, I'd like to welcome you to the show. And how you doing? Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, no, I always wanted, before this pandemic, pain in the ass shit broke, right? We were doing this, uh, I was doing a show where I had a bunch of guys on from Wicked Tuna. I had opportunity to interview them, and, and it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. But I always want to represent the roots my hometown, Rockaway, and you're a wrestler, you're a pro wrestler with BCW, which is, I, I don't know too much about, um, how do you say it, uh, uh, the big wrestling. I, I'm not a huge fan of wrestling, but in the background, you can see I have a nice ring over here, so you can't see that in the background, but at home on Facebook Live, you can, but see you do your stuff. I've seen you wrestle at Broad Channel a couple times locally. You do some events here. You got the shirt right there. There he's representing. What's going on? Wrestling, we know wrestling is, everything is at a standstill, a stop right now. The whole world is 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 at a stop pretty much. Now we're in that phase two of life where you can go to restaurants. Oh no, I forgot to do my plug for the bungalow bar. And I, oh, I messed it up. Brian, look at that. See? Brian's looking at his phone. 
But first of all, I have to go to this real quick, Eric, before I start the show. Um, dumb, dumb me. I got the bungalow bar, which is open because I remember the phase two. So phase two, now you can eat outdoors or inside restaurants. And bungalow bar is one of our sponsors. Let me start throwing up all this stuff over here. Let me throw it all up. You can see Bungalow is covering the guidelines. If you guys go right on the Facebook, right have their page. Uh, they're covering the guidelines, everything that you need to know. Uh, they're keeping everything clean. Uh, guests must wear masks. They're keeping everybody separated. Outside, deck is rolling. That's, I mean, that's much better than Rockaway than chilling, you know what I mean, on the deck at uh, the Bungalow Bar. So the menus are open. They're open. I, I guess it's uh, come as... Um, you know, if you come, you get you get your seat as you come. It's uh, not no can't go to uh, reservations or nothing like that. You gotta first one, first come, first serve basics. But um, basically, they're open again, and I'm excited because I can't wait to go out and have a couple of drinks or just having something to eat and feel like I'm back to my normal, some call normal life. But now with this COVID stuff. We were talking before with our guest, Eric, and uh, he was talking about normal. I guess this is going to be the new norm, I would think. But to let everybody know, Bungalow is open. You like to uh, still have takeout and stuff like that. They call up. They still deliver. But they are, I guess, uh, kind of tight over there with the situation because not too much uh, space to have so many people. So they cut in half with the phase two. But everybody's going to have distance, a safe way of eating, Bungalow bar sponsors, Buck the system. A little thrown off tonight. I don't know why I'm stumbling tonight. I apologize out there, but uh, I guess being trapped in my house all the time. I'm so excited to do this show and today's show. But Bungalow Bar is open. Go out there and check it out. It's on 92nd Street in Rockaway Beach. Uh, any information, I'll post anything underneath. Uh, Takeout they have and, and anything else, man. Great place. Supports Buck the system. So I support them. Thank you, you know, Bungalow Bar. So let's go back. To the guys, I'm sorry, guys. I had to plug that. That's my. That's the people who are trying to represent us and help us out, man. Perfect stuff. But Eric, what's going on? How are you doing so far with this? Wrestling's not a part of your life. Nothing's no sports, no nothing. A professional wrestler, what's he do during a COVID or a pandemic? What's what's going on with you? Well, it's uh, it definitely caught us off off guard. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, I had a lot of stuff scheduled. We had some big shows scheduled that uh, I had a big push with a one uh, my main company that was coming up with the character, and then all of a sudden COVID hit, and then everything got shut down. And I mean everything got shut down, as everybody knows, throughout the world. So uh, majority of wrestlers right now either I like at the conversation we had earlier today, I said if you're a contracted wrestler right now, you're okay because you're getting paid. If you're not a contractor wrestler right now, you're making ends meet in the sense where you're surviving on money you made, on merchandise, and then you're waiting for the world of professional wrestling to open, which at this time is on pause, and there's a lot of issues going on. I mean, there's been stuff coming out of WWE. You have their talent. A lot of their talents are testing positive for covert. So it's uh, we don't know. We don't really know what's going on, and especially especially you know tra travel-wise because we got to check the other states. But I would say in New York City and New York State, until the athletic commission actually lets us do it, you know, gives us the guidance, we might not see pro wrestling come to the state um, to 2021. And it's funny, we talked earlier today, and you said New Jersey was taking the steps with uh, having different ways of getting people to watch any kind of sports or wrestling. They would have a drive-in uh, wrestling event, which I thought kind of uh, different, but, I mean, at this point, you're going to try anything in the world. 
Uh, this yeah. this has got to be heartbreaking because right now July, August, September are the prime, I guess, wrestling months. People can get out with their families. They they spend they plan they do more in the summer summertime, especially pro wrestling. How, how do you stay in shape? How do you keep uh, focused? When you when's the go time? What's 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 the next step? What's what 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 are you waiting on? You know, you know what sucks is that quarantine freaking weight, man. Jesus, man. I had to stop <laughs> eating because it's like everybody gained at least 10, 15 pounds during this quarantine. But uh, lucky for me, I mean, I always been uh, I always trained in CrossFit. So it was OK for me to go out like to the boardwalk and I brought my resistance bands and I brought a couple weights and I jogged and I did a lot of CrossFit type training, you know, routines that I'm used to. Especially I love resistance bands. Resistance bands are absolutely awesome. So I kept in shape with that, and that's the hardest part. Because remember, as a life as a pro wrestler, we're at the gym, all right? We're tanning majority of times, the gym, and we're training. That is it. That's what we basically do, and then we're getting ready for the next show. So we don't have none of that. Gyms are closed. Tanning salons are closed. Wrestling's closed. I guess, you know, we're hanging out in the house, you know, trying to keep ourselves busy. <laughs> <laughs> for, for your wrestling character, you're known as the sexy guy, man. You're the sexy guy. You're the bad guy. You're the people everybody likes to boo and yell at. And But but by far, you are very good at your job, man. Excellent, excellent at your job, being the villain. I mean, there was a couple of times in my life, and I'm not a big wrestling fan, where my favorite wrestler became the villain, and I learned to like the villain. Hogan did it back in the 80s, and then came back with the... The, the NWA, whatever it was, the, the, the what were they, I forget the name. There were like five of them. They were like the uh, World Order. Yeah, Four Alive, Four Alive. Yeah, I remember that. And I was like, you know something? I, I don't really like Hulk Hogan, but I kind of you know understand the situation. How is it to to be the villain, to be the bad guy? What 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 is it that gets somebody thrilled thrilled about being the bad guy? It's it's basically you know I, I know for the longest time you know we we call what we when we protect our business it's called kayfabe. It's we, we try to protect what the business is. Unfortunately, kayfabe has been broken. The e broke it, and everybody kind of knew what pro wrestling is about. But we still have a lot of measures of kayfabe. And kayfabe, one of the measures of kayfabe is it's a suspension of disbelief. When I go out there with my character, I have to make you believe I am that asshole. I got to make you believe I am that prick. I am that sexy guy. I'm you know. Do a damn good job at it. Thank you. So that's what, you know, that, you know, for that two hours, two and a half hours, three hours that you're there that you pay $25, $30, I, you can live vicariously through me. You understand? Mm -hmm. That's what we do. We play characters that you can live vicariously. Now, let me tell you something. I, I'm, I played a bad guy for the longest time. And I only played, uh, I would say two matches I've ever done in my entire 10 year career that I play a baby face, you know, a good guy. Oh, and it felt so unnatural. It's so unnatural that I was so glad to go revert back to the heel. But let me tell you, as bad as I, I mean, I have told people to go fly a kite, and they still yeah. love it. People love to love the bad guy. Sometimes just it's the way it is. I love a couple times watched a couple of videos on you. You're coming through. You come to the ring, and you have awesome, awesome manager. You do. What's with Mrs. Kennedy? I don't have. Uh, what What is her name? Naya Kennedy. Naya Kennedy. I totally bump bad with names. You want you want to tell me your name and me remember it? I can't remember passwords. Can't remember nothing. But uh, you have an awesome corner person. Your your whole bad agenda is like awesome. You play perfectly, even for a guy that doesn't follow wrestling like that. I mean, to be honest with you. I I kind of stopped watching wrestling. I had kids, and then when my kids are starting to hook up, one up with the on the suplex and trying to slam the other one. It's got to stop. So I kind of take him away from the wrestling, and it was like, all right. But 
I respect it as a craft. And we talked earlier, the old, and you do a podcast, you know, we do a column for the Rockaway Times. And this week in the Rockaway Times, one question was asked, is wrestling fake? And that's the, the question everybody always talked about, is it fake, is it fake? I had an uncle that probably would have fought you in the street if you told him wrestling was fake. Didn't matter. Like he, you're like almost telling him the, the the story plot at the end, or telling he don't care. He loves the yeah. art. He loves the art of wrestling. And I saw the video of Doctor Death smacking what's called in the face. One of the reporters for telling him is wrestling fake. Uh, yeah. We know what it is. What is it? It's entertainment. You're out there and you're an entertainer at first. I mean, what is it? But I asked. So I said to you, but when the doctor when the doctor bill comes and you're all broken up, is wrestling fake? Uh, what do you get? You still get that question all the time? Yeah, for unfortunately, like I, I, I get it, but I, I get it. I don't get it like in a smooth way, like you just talked to me about it. <laughs> I really get it in a really dickish way, you know, like you know, wrestling's fake. I'm like, well, fuck you, you know, like yeah, yeah I know yeah. it is, you know, but it, you know, the wrestling. I always tell people, wrestling, the contact is real, okay? Yes. Although we pull back, the contact's real. The body slams are real. The suplexes are real. The ring is not a bouncy mat. If you do not know how to take a fall, that ring can hurt you. Okay, there's this, this much, like, say, cushioning with plywood, flexi beams. That is it. Uh-huh. So this is why we train. Pro wrestlers are athletes because we train, you know, er, you know, we train to do our crap. Yes, it's a combat stage, you know, sport. Yes, the outcome is predetermined. Yes. But if you just want to say it's fake because the, ter- the outcome is determined, okay, that's fine. But if you want to tell me it's fake, I invite you to come in the ring with me for five minutes, and I'll show you how fake it really is. That, that's cool, man. Fake. How do you now? How do you take the steps in becoming a wrestler? You find wrestling. You're an older wrestler, and we we always talk about how hard it is being older in anything that you do in life. You're an older wrestler. Uh, you signed one of the original OGs uh, for the company you're still in. Yes. Now take us back years and years when the first idea of being a wrestler. Became. I mean, I wanted to be a wrestler too, but I never went to any schools or anything like that. How did you take that step into becoming the the sexy savior, you know, like being this 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 actor slash athlete slash whatever entertainer? How did you? How did it all become? Well, uh, I guess I mean my my youngest memory of pro wrestling is when Hulk Hogan beat the Iron Sheik in Madison yes, Square Garden yes, for the WWF Heavyweight title, and I happened was, to be there. So that yeah. yeah 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 put him in the clutch. You know, had him yeah. in the clutch. It was, I, 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 that's my favorite match. I always you know that's that's what started. Yeah. I started late in my career. I started uh, a lot early, you know later than a lot of younger guys out there. So I was always in, like in my middle age. And I went to a school called the Doghouse, LWF Training School Doghouse, which was in Brooklyn. And uh, I visited the school. You know, I saw it. It's, it's smack in the warehouse, man. It was just a ring. They had chairs around because they used to hold shows there and a back for the guys to change. But that was it. When I signed up for it, I didn't really know what I was signing myself for. But I caught like like reality hit me crazy. I did three months, three months, guys. I never went inside the ring. Never. All I did was a lot of cardio type exercises. I would grab a 45, 50 pound uh, belt, hold it like this, and just walk around the ring a hundred times. You know, we would just do various crazy like techniques just to build the body because it goes back to the what I talked about the ring. The ring is very tough. You have to get your body ring shape. 
a lot of people, you know, go in and say, I have great cardio. No, there's a difference between jogging, biking, and ring cardio. You have to be able to take bumps, get up, and continue to keep going because that can wear you up pretty quick. So all that type of training is called a strong style training that they used to do in the past. And when I tell you they beat you up, bro, they beat you up, man. I mean, I came home <laughs> with bumps and bruises and everything else. My ass hurt. Sometimes I couldn't yeah. sit down. And then I would wake up in the morning, go to my full-time job at the time, get off my full-time job, go back there and get my ass beat, you know, some more. So it, it was very tough, but it prepared me because it's not easy. It's not ballet. And a lot of times, you know, people criticize pro wrestling, but pro wrestling is one of these sports entertainments where we don't have, we really don't have off. We're working. If you're working for a major company, you're working at least four to five days out of the week. Now imagine taking bumps inside a ring every single day. It's not easy. Not easy at all. So I trained there. I was trained by uh, my head trainer. Was named, his name was Leighton, the Tower Torture. Really big dude. Awesome. He moved like a cat. Still one of the best big guys I've ever seen. And Homicide was one of the other trainers that was there. He Homicide. became uh, very famous in TNA. Uh, he was, you know, he's been in Japan. He's been all over right now. I think he's one of the bookers right now and producers in NWA uh, pro, pro wrestling that came back just recently. I know, I know, I heard that, and I was shocked. I know there was WWE, and I heard another wrestling. And people were like, "Oh, this one's gonna surpass WWE," and I'm like, I, "I, I don't know." But the funny thing about you starting off of wrestling is that you didn't get in the ring three months. Now, this is this is because the trainers didn't allow you into the ring in three months. You had to earn that spot, so that was the way yeah, you got yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, you had to prove yourself. You know, in oh. a sense, you had to take the cardio, you had to take the drills. And I remember the first day we went after three months. They said it. If you wow. make it through this three months, we go in the ring. When we went in the ring, the guy told us he went inside our trainer. He told us how to get in, wipe out, wipe out feet outside, go inside, how to get out. That was it. And we did that for two weeks straight. We never did anything else but go in the ring and go outside the ring. It was very old school training. I had to say it was what's, not. What the, is like, the method of that? What's the method of going in and out of the ring? They, they're looking at it. Like, what's the method? Like, what? Because there's a proper way of going in, and then you know, and I, and you can tell if a wrestler was properly trained before he goes in the ring, he wipes his feet in the you know outside before he goes in the ring. That's our dojo. That's our mat. That's our stage. You have to show respect. That's why you wipe your feet. So it's, it's a lot of old school stuff that you know that has gotten lost in translation, but, you know, there's a lot of decent schools out there that still teach it because the old school stuff means, you know, there's meaning to us. Like when you go to a wrestling show and you're performing a wrestling show, you know, if you go to the back, once you come in, you start to shake everybody's hand. That's a wrestling thing that we do. Or everybody who's there, the producers, whoever, the booker, all the wrestling talent, you go up and shake hands. <laughs> if you don't shake hands, we start to think about like, well, who this guy thinks he is. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so I'm, I'm going to any wrestling, and I'm going to the back, and I'm just shaking his hands. Jake, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? So yeah, I, 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 I can slip in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be one of the wrestlers. <laughs> usually, what I usually do when I go to a show, I, I, I see the card, you know, and if I get there and there's a veteran there, I'll go to the veteran first, that's out of respect. Mm -hmm. And I shake his hand, then I shake everybody else's hand all the way from the opening act all the way towards the end. It's just a sign of respect, you know, and honor, you know, that you're working with the people. Do most of the guys do that, uh, percentage-wise, do that to start? You know what I would say? I would say 90%. I've been to shows where, like, the shows have been so hectic that a guy will catch up with you later. Like, I'm leaving. He goes, oh, I didn't get sight. Hi to you. How you doing? Hey, what's up, brother? You know, and we go like that. But it's, it's you know, you can tell there's, there's, there's wrestling promotions. You go and you don't shake hands, you'll never get booked again. It's very, very weird wrestling etiquette and rules that we have, you know, in wrestling.
is wrestling, because I know there's a lot of uh, companies out there. Brian, I'm going to let you jump in. Oh, when you want to jump in, to say, fuck, shut up. But is there is there a lot of companies in there that it's more of uh, a connection in there? They have their own people. Is it is it hard to get other matches in other companies? How does that usually work in the field? What's the etiquette of that, of working for other companies? Yeah, it's, it's a very, very, very demanding and very competitive industry, okay? I can tell you that much. Uh, I, I can have some promoters like my, my, my style, like my gimmick, like what I do. And I have some promoters who say, yeah, that doesn't work for me. Sorry, I don't have a spot for it. Remember, it's a script. It's a show. So you have to fit in there, you know, to see to what they want. Uh, but I've been in and politi- and the politics. Oh, forget it. Politics takes a kick. <laughs> it's this very political environment. You know, sometimes if you're in the right crew, yeah, you get, you know, pushed. You know, uh, I was trying to get a tryout for AEW or Elite Wrestling, and I contact and I reach out to one of the guys that works there that I know, and I said, hey, anybody I can send anybody, you know, my stuff to particularly that okay, you know, that yeah. that actually makes the decision. He goes, let me find out because you know it's all who you know, and that's yeah. true. It's yeah. really all who you know. So it's unfortunate at at, at points because. You know, you might know, somebody might know that right person, but you might be right for the job. You know what I mean? It's just because they know that person, it just yeah. happens that way. So I've learned to deal with it because I've deal with so, I've done so much stuff in pro wrestling. I've done with especially with my age. I it's sad, it's sad to say I, I dealt with age discrimination. You know, really, uh, I dealt with so many people trying to take a spot. I was wrestling a, like a really big name guy, and people found out, and they're like, "No, what?" You know, they're trying to politic to get me out of that match so they can be in that match, and eventually it got back to me. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. That's why I said in my, one of my columns, I said for a young guy, as, as, aspiring wrestlers, get a background, you know, in something, get an education, you know, get something that you can fall back on because wrestling is not guaranteed. There's, I, last time I checked something about 10,000 wrestlers nationwide and, and a handful of mm. actual contracted spots. So how do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How do you compete? You don't always have to be this big buffy guy. You can have a great character. You know what I'm saying? It's always what the promotion wants. The promotion, if the promotion wants freaking chiseled Greek gods, then they get chiseled Greek gods. If the promotion wants different type of characters, different sizes, you get it. But again, there's so many limited spots actually contracted wise, it's very difficult. So when I say it's competitive, it definitely is. Wow, I guess like anything, man, it's a doggy dog world out there, ladies and gentlemen. We all know that. Uh, but what takes you to the level to get the guarantees, to get the the championship title fights. I mean, just before the COVID, I saw I'm, I follow you on Facebook, uh, Eric Jaden. You can look him up on Facebook. He's there. He interacts with everybody. Uh, you do a lot of good things I want to touch on in this show. Hopefully, we don't pass up anything. But one thing I see in you were training to wrestle in a title, a title fight that you're going to actually give up your career as a wrestler. I know that's something that's been done before. We've all seen it before. Was it truthfully to your heart if they decided not to make you give you that spot or have a chance to win that spot, you would have called the quits? Yeah, actually it is. A lot of people ask me, oh, that's a work, that's a work. So, yeah. yeah, it's a work, I'll say. But if I didn't get the spot, I would more than likely have just, you know, gone. Uh, I, I, I realized that uh, these 10 years has been great. I mean, I've been in the ring with guys that I idolize. I watched growing up on TV. So when I look at it, you know, some people will – will measure their wrestling career on being signed, okay? But a lot of wrestlers don't get signed and make just as great money and do a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, have I made money? Yes. Have I lost money? Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, tons of it on there. But 
I've been able to impress a lot of people to give me opportunities and to be in the ring with people that I watch, I grew up, and a lot of guys who are higher levels than me. That So I feel happy that the promoter had that, you know, trust in me. I gained that trust. And that was something always I worked hard. I always went out there. I had an old school mentality. I went and I did what I was told to do, always. I never bitch. I never complain. Even if I didn't like the outcome once in a while, I said, okay, don't worry about it, Eric. Next show. And when people saw that, they were fine. They looked, oh, they could rely on me. Oh, here comes Jaden. Jaden, can you do me a favor? Oh, Jaden, can you do this for me? Oh, Jaden, I'm going to book you on this show because I need you to put one guy over. Oh, Jaden, we're going to make you the champion because we need this. And that was always very reliable in that sense on this. So I'm happy, yes, that, you know, I did 10 years. It was great. I met so many people, guys, so many people. It's ridiculous. The Jacks, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, Brutus Beefcake, Greg Valentine, the Nasty Boys. I can go, the list goes on and I've been in the ring with. Sometimes... It never even hit me until I got home. I said, holy shit, I was just in the ring with Tito Santana. You know, it just, you know, like it would hit me after the whole thing went past. So I've done good in my in my career and I'm very happy. And if I don't wrestle again, I'm okay. I, you know, because I'll be honest, something that since we're talking about the pandemic, this has shown me that I have other things I can do in my life. You know, and uh, wrestling has always been uh, a lot of passion for me, but wrestling's also been a getaway. And we talked earlier uh, mm-hmm. I suffer through, I have mental illness. I suffer through depression, anxiety. And, uh, I would say about three, four months ago, I can never say this <laughs> to anybody better yet. Than pub, but I can say this now because I know that I have to get this right here and I've been working on it and it's, it is real, you know, on it. And it was always going to write, like I would say like about six, eight, nine months ago, going to wrestling was my escape. I didn't want to be me, Eric. I wanted to be that Eric Jaden character because I can forget my depression. I can forget my anxiety on it. I will put that aside. And uh, I hated wrestling, to be honest. The day wrestling would come in, like I say on Saturday, I had a show. Oh, my God. I would hate going. But once I was there, I was fine. And I played Eric Jaden. Then I left and I had to be me again. And that wasn't a comfortable feeling anymore. So I'm sharing a lot with you guys. I'm sorry if that, you know. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, because forget about it. It's not just uh, pro wrestlers. It's anybody out there that suffers with it, especially in this time where I think we're all coming down with something that it doesn't feel right. It's something wrong. And a lot of times it's like I can't become mentally messed up. You know, I'm a dumb this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm this. I can't be. My mind is perfect. How can my mind be like that guy? How has this guy become this way? I guess they thought the same thing at one point where, you know, mental health is a very important thing. And to come out and say that, that's the first step I hear a lot of people say. When I, heard, I had a guest on years, a couple months ago, he's, he wrestled in the UCW. And he talked about having uh, being assaulted as a kid. And and the way the way he brought it out, it was it was it was beautiful. And then he got the platform with the UC, with the UFC that he's trying to work his way up. And the closest he gets to uh, getting more people to watch him and stuff, bringing me the attention, you have a platform. He gained a platform. Your platform is being wrestler Eric Jaden. And, and there may be somebody listening now that's saying, you know what? I this guy's the best. I seen him wrestle. He's sexy. He's this. He's the bad guy. And he deals with that. I mean, it may be, maybe I should reach out to somebody. So I, 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 I give you props for saying that because nine out of ten people that have mental issues, it's not their fault. It's a, it's a chemical imbalance. You don't control 
right? And and they're lying that they don't have nothing. So you know what? I, God bless you, and and I hope that I'm gonna follow you now in your journey and to see how you turn out because I know you do beautiful things for somebody that says they, they they just you know with mental issues goes out. You're taking care, you go out and take care of homeless vets, you're feeding them, and I saw a video on that, and I was like, wow, this guy, I mean, he's going out and feeding people, when people now are worrying about themselves, like, you know, taking 20 things of toilet paper, oh, there's 13 chicken cutlets left, left, let me take all of it, you're going out there and doing that, why why, why is um, homeless people, first of all, so important to you, but why the veterans, What 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 is it about people being hungry that twists Eric. And I hate to jump off the mental. If you want to go back to talking more about that, I want to hear I want to hear more about what you're doing yourself, but if it's open to the public, whatever you want to say. The one thing I want to add in also is, is you know, he, you're out of work also. Yes. You know, so it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like you have the money to throw around and, you know, you're taking your own personal time and your own personal funds and you're going out and you're, doing everything that you have to do. And I, I, I mean, that's completely yeah, admirable. I, just like Billy was saying, you know, thank everybody you can, can say thank you to something like that. But, um, you know, it's brave for you to come out like that. And, and you know, let everybody oh, yeah. know. I, I, uh, I have a family uh, and we're very big in service. Okay. A lot of and uh, the families and uh, majority of a good portion of my family military service. Okay. So I think the biggest oxymoron in the world is homeless yeah. veterans. How we? I'm sorry. This is rated R, right? Here. Yeah, you can say anything you want. I got Shoot away. How in the fuck do you put these two together? Homeless veteran. You have a person who decided to join the military service, goes out the country, serves the country, comes back, and doesn't have a place to live, doesn't have a place to eat. That doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't compute in my mind. That's the biggest oxymoron in the world. And uh, having. A father who was a veteran and aunts and uncles who were veterans, stuff like that. So I respect that because free is not free. Okay. And everything going on in this world, we see a lot of stuff going on in this world. I get it. But free is not free. Freedom was fought for. Freedom was won by people who put a uniform on, stood a post with a gun to make sure that we were safe. So when I go out there and I see homeless veterans, guys, you know, like it brings a tear to my eye, legit. And I don't have a lot of money. No, I don't. I made some good money in my life and I think, but you know what? I have enough to, that I have in my kitchen and then that little extra, that's, mm -hmm. I'm going to take that and going to bring it out to the people so they can eat. Because uh, for me, listen, I always, food brings everybody together, okay? It does. You know, mm -hmm. I, I always said, let's get, I say, all these problems, if we got the right people together in a fucking table with food, <laughs> I guarantee we can solve 90% of them. At least, if you know, at the very least. But I go out, I like to feed the homeless. You know, definitely I go out, I try to target the homeless veterans. It really bothers me that we that we do not have something to track them. There's nobody. If you came here from, from Iraq, from Afghanistan, and you don't have a home, the government should automatically give you a home. You don't have a job, yeah. the government automatically should give you a job. And it's just, and I, I have to, I, you know, I know people stand up for it, but this is my way of standing up for them and showing them the gratitude that I can go out there and feed them. At the same time, I run into a lot of homeless people. Uh, the last video I posted was I was coming home from an errand and I was being waved, right? So I looked at I remember those guys. They were dig digging, guys, digging through a garbage can for food. Oh, so they waved to me and he goes, hey, 
you don't happen to have food and we're hungry. I was like, you stay right here. I'll be right back. I ran home. I made some sandwiches. I grabbed whatever. I grabbed, I even grabbed my favorite drinks. I don't care because it's not about, you know, me at that point. It's about them. And I went outside and I fed them. You know what I'm saying? Here you go on there. And I, I just don't know, guys. It, 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 um, it just gets me to a level that uh, it's just that, you know, I just can't stand seeing somebody go hungry, guys. I just can't. If you two right now were hungry, I said, drop the fucking podcast. Come <laughs> over in an hour. have a nice pasta dinner ready for you guys. But just that's the way I am. That's the soul, you know? man. That's your soul. I told you. You got a good soul, yeah. man. You got to go hard. It's like some people just have that in them to give, man. And you have that. Uh, you got a lot of selfish people out there. You got a lot of people that walk past people or step over people in this world, and you're not one of them. That's, that's hands down, you're not one of them, and I appreciate that. You know what kills me? It's not even just the veterans being homeless. It's about the children. It's about the food. It's it, it, you're right. You're right. It's it's we just think about like the biggest bullshit we get. We 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 focus on that, and we don't focus on the real things. For the guys that come back and they're, they're they're mentally effed up and they can't keep a bill, so they get kicked out to the street. I mean, these you know what? I've never been in. I, you know what it is? The politician. I, I don't like talking politics. I know you do like politics. You want to have a politics. Like you, you do have politics, but I want to stay on an even even tail. But for me, for me, for me personally, nobody, nobody that serves or makes laws. That has to do with anybody that's in the military. If you weren't in the military yourself, you should not be able to decide on what their faith is or what they get or fight for them because you don't understand. Now, I've never been in the wrestling ring. I've never been in the battle. I've never been in Iraq. I've never been in. So I, how could I judge what these people should get in their lifetime and make them, you know, it's like no money, no nothing. They have to go to the VA for drugs. It's, yeah. Nah, respect them, number one, man. Like you said, we wouldn't be. Going in the streets protesting, we wouldn't be doing anything. We would have a podcast right now. We just take we just take everything for granted, man. We're just like humans are humans are piece of shits when it comes to, to shit about like that. You know that, man. And it's good to see a guy like you go out there and do it. And it's not about the Facebook views, it's not about it's not this ain't on YouTube. You know what? You know what? If you bring the attention to somebody that he's dead, Eric's doing it. Maybe Brian will go give a sandwich to the guy down the block now. You know what I mean? So I, I... Just to butt in on that, I, I mean, his video I actually showed to my kids. You know, and I showed my kids, listen, this is what people should be doing. You know, I believe me, I would love to take my kids out and do it. You know, I'm one of those people that, you know, have what I have in my cupboard. You know, I, believe me, I'll give the extra out. I have no problem doing that. And it's good to show the kids that and raise them the right way. So, I mean, what you're doing is it's being seen. You know, people are seeing the videos and, and when you post it on, you know, the local groups, you know, on the Facebook groups or the Twitter groups, that stuff is getting out there. You know, I mean, I mean, look at the, the last one that we did. We just did a couple of sharing on, on a few groups and it, and it reached 56, 57,000 people yeah. just like that. So, I mean, something like that, when people see that, it gives a good, good feeling for everyone else. And you'll start seeing people following suit. So I, I think that's awesome that you do that. I, I really hope they do, guys, because like if you ask my mom and then you ask uh, and you asking me about how far it went back, it, it goes back to I would say when I was a kid and maybe it was say five or six years old. I had this little wooden box where you put the quarter in. The quarters get slid in, you slide yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you remember that. Yeah. So I thought it was the greatest thing ever. So I was walking to the train station with my mom, Main Street in Roosevelt, going yeah. to the step yeah. line, yeah. homeless guy outside. And I saw the homeless guy, my mom's walking, and I said, Mom, 
what if I give him my magic quarter so he can get something to eat? And she goes, you're going to give him your magic quarter? That's your special quarter. I said, yeah. So I went up to the dude. I went like that. I gave it to him. The guy looked at me. I'll never forget the guy's face. I still know it because he had he was an older white gentleman. He had a Jesus kind of look to him because of the beard yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Here, I used to say, "That's where's the Jesus homeless guy, mom?" He goes, "Shh, wow. don't say that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where I guess the you, the early beginnings of Eric Jaden helping out people. Yeah, that's taught. That's absolutely taught. A five year old, six year old kid, even a forty something year old guy. He had to get it from somewhere. And you showing him the video, Brian, like showing your kids that video will bring the next generation of good people. You got to be taught. Like a lot of times out there, I look at people who are doing stuff and like like people flipping, burning, doing crazy stuff. Either they're getting paid for it or they had no guidance in life. They never had anybody tell them this is the right path. This is the wrong way. So I definitely agree because I feel like my mother who passed away a couple of years ago, I miss her every day that there is, but she taught me how to be good, a good person. And mm -hmm. you, you got that from somewhere. You pass it on. If you have children, that goes to your children, yeah. Brian. And that's how it, we got to break this, this cycle somehow, man, of having people out there that have somebody to turn to. A lot of times yes. that's what it is. They don't have nobody. They don't have nobody. They don't know the difference of right. I mean, they know the difference of right and wrong. Because I think everybody has that. In the, they have to have that, I would assume. But you need that guidance, man. That really tell you, listen, you effed up this time. But let me tell you something. Life is that. But pick yourself up and get that. You know, give you a ladder, help you up, man. So that's where you got to look back at your parents. What was it like growing up in your household? It was giving, giving, giving stuff like that, right? It's, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, no, it was, uh, if, you know, my mom was always a person who she cooked. I, I grew up in Flushing before I came to the Rockway. And uh, my mom would cook and then, like, pretty much feed the whole floor. <laughs> and that's what she did. Yeah, she cooked, uh, my mother's Puerto Rican, so she cooked empanadas, oh, you know, and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And then she cooked empanadas, she cooked 100 empanadas, so everybody ate. And I had a lot of friends, a lot of Pakistani, Afghans, Chinese. Around that time when we were there, the Chinese were just actually taking over. To you know, you know, flushing because yeah. now it's time down too. Uh, so I grew up with a lot of Asians, and I it was I mean, you know, just always giving back to the community has always been something that we just just was so natural to us, you know. And if I had a toy, I never had a problem giving that toy to another person. You know, what I'm saying that if you ask my mom, my mom said I was always a giving kid. That's all she said. That was I, guys. I didn't tell you something, man. I, I one of my goals. If I can raise enough money and if I could do it in the Rockaways just to buy a big warehouse, stock it up with food and feed people every day. And I'd wow. be very happy. Yeah. That's a goal. That's what it tells you the person we're dealing with. Eric Jaden, pro wrestler, lives in Rockaway. He's a Rockaway guy for over 20 years. So you're not a DFD anymore. I'll give you that much. Okay. Sec second of all, you grew up in Flushing. Now, the funny, only thing I really remember besides Oriental people in Flushing is the Kennedy fried chicken. It wasn't Kentucky Fried, it was Kennedy Fried. Now, I drive by there, and my friend Lenny, we used to go to this place in Hobby, Hobby Den to get our, crypt, our crypto wheels. Lenny Cohen, that was Lenny Cohen. He'd be like, I know the spot that got crypto wheels, man, $35 for eight. I'm like, yo, really? German bull barons. I said, yo, take me out there. Passing, make the right of the corner, Main Street flushing onto Northern. And I'm like, I'm like, Kennedy Fried Chicken. I was like, yo, they couldn't even, like, not Kentucky. It was Kennedy. Yeah. It was Kennedy. Yeah, so it was, it was greasy ass chicken, but so fucking good, man. But they loved it with a little, with a little mashed, mashed potatoes with a little gravy in it. So I know where you come from. You said your mom, yeah. your mom is 
What was she Puerto Rican? Puerto, was she Puerto Rican? Your mom? Yeah. Okay, my mom is was half Puerto Rican. Her maiden name was Rodriguez. But I never, I, ne I never found. We're probably cousins. We're probably cousins. But there's like, but the, the funny thing about the Rodriguez name is, my mom used to tell me, if you go to any local pharmacy, you know how they have the, the letters in the bins, like you know R's for you know Fox would be in the F bin, you know Mr. J would be the J bin. Rodriguez yeah. had their own bin. <laughs> yo, they had their own bin, Rodriguez. My mom was like, yo, they had a whole look through the garbage can of Rodriguez's. So I think I'm related to A Rod, but I'm not sure. I'm going to ask Jeff Fry. I have a guy, Jeff Fry, coming on, Major League Baseball player, for like yeah. 10, 10 years next week. I'm going to ask him, you think that uh, A-Rod's my maybe relative or something like that? You know, maybe? But the Spanish shit, half Italian, half, half, half Puerto Rican. What a blend. The only time I'm really Puerto Rican, I'm, I'm sorry, I know you're full. I don't, but it was when I was filling out applications. Like, you know, uh, what are you, are you white? I'm like, nah, fuck that shit. I'm fucking Puerto Rican. <laughs> Quick check. And I, it, it didn't work for me yet, but, you know. <laughs> I was oh like, God. check two, um, Puerto Rican, but now nah, wrestling itself, get back to wrestling. Brian, you want to ask something? Because I get like all bouncy all over the place. How are, you, uh, how are you feeling since your last injury? Uh, better, much better. I, the last uh, match I had with Darius Carter was for the uh, BCW Heavyweight title. Very, very, very good yes, match. Yes, uh, I caught the injury yes. early on. Thank you. I caught the injury very on. Uh, if you watch a match, it's when I throw him to the corner and I go to charge him. I was, he was supposed to take a back, you know, one of my elbow in the corner, but he ended up throwing a kick. So I didn't, I braced for the kick. Uh, Hits me right here, arm broke, and it was not fun, <laughs> not fun time. So that, that whole, that whole match, your arm was broken? Yeah, I wrestled. Holy shit. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, because I watched that match, right? Is that the same match in the beginning? You yell in the crowd, F you guys, focus on the ring. And I'm sitting there. That's why it kind of, okay, now I watch it back. It's making more sense because when I'm watching the rest, he was doing like moves on you more, more of like a twist. I guess he was feeling like, let's let's beat this guy's ass, but we're going to do it a little lighter. You know what I mean? I saw that match. What a match. <laughs> you guys sold that storyline so good. Even after the fact, yeah, when yeah, you right. got injured. And it just went on. I mean, you guys were, were posting videos back and forth with each other, you know, and, uh, you know, the blame game was getting thrown out there. I mean, it, it looked personal. <laughs> and you guys sold it, man. I mean, like, Next. Jesus. I was watching it saying, I think I need to call Eric and see what's going on. Is this guy all right? You know, like, I started thinking you needed help. <laughs> it was such a good sell, you know? Is, re is wrestling fake now, ladies and gentlemen? Is wrestling fake? Yeah, yeah, no, this is a broken arm. Right? You're gonna get you're gonna get a Dr. D slap in your face with both hands. Or a Hogan, but the Hogan where he knocked out uh what's it? What's this guy's name back in the days in E5? He choked him out. He's like and Mr. T was like, Yo, you out boy, you out boy. Yeah, 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 you out boy. He's sleeping, he's sleeping, Mr. T. Right? Tell him it's fake now, Eric S. Tell him it's fake. It's not fake at all, man. I remember <laughs> the minute I felt him kick my arm, it, it just went numb and tingled. And and I just turned to the ref and I said, I think he, I think my arm is broken. He goes, you you sure? I said, just tell him to stay away from my arm. And he went for the arm one time, but I I told him you know move away from it. And he did. He's uh, to his credit, he's a really good wrestler. That way he listened to me. And then through the whole match, the ref's like, Eric, how's the arm? I said, I can't feel it. So I just kept going and I just going. And uh, I a lot of people say, damn, you broke, wrestled that whole fucking match with a broken arm. Like, yeah, why don't you stop? Because I just didn't want to let the fans down. That was the main event. That was it. I had to be there, you know. And great match. And hopefully, when wrestling returns, I can have my rematch with Darius for the for the heavyweight title. Yeah, and you. Okay. 
No, in, in your mind, you're saying that's the best thing about it. You're saying that uh, I'm worried about these people paid. I mean, these people paid their money to come out to see you. Let me carry on. Was there any moves in that that that, that match where you lifted them up? Cause I know you like some crazy effing moves. You have one where it's like a backwards pile drive, a spin move. I don't know. I wouldn't be no Joe Rogan and no, you know, Colin, you know, I could never sit there and go, look at that move. I'm like, what move is that? But you did a lot of aerial time stuff, right? Like during that match? Or oh, it was on the, it was on the down low. Yeah, the whole match was like ground and pound. I saw. You know, we yeah. both of us. When he when the, when the arm was broken, there were some spots that I had to take out because I couldn't. I know I wasn't going to be able to support him, but uh, I did do the Canadian destroyers called. It's like a flipping pile driver. Yeah, I, I call it a, I call it a, a sane destroyer, uh, <laughs> or the sexy destroyer. So they, it's one of them. So I did that. Uh, it built up when I actually did that move. You notice in the match. You know, one, two, and I and he kicks out. Yes. The fans went absolutely berserk because they thought I won. They're like, oh, Eric has it. Eric has it. And I was so grateful afterwards. I mean, I remember going out. I trust me, my hand was broken. I had ice. I went to get paid, you know, because I had to go see a different person to get paid. And fans upon fans, like, oh, my God, that was a main event. That was great. That was great. So it made my injury all that worth it. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Because, and that's what it is all about. You know, at the end of the day, you know, especially for me, whether you pay 10, 15, 20, 25, 40, 50 bucks for a ticket, I want to make sure that you got your money's worth. I want to make sure if you saw Eric Jaden, you either hated me or you love me or you want to come back the next month to see me get my ass whipped. That's always for me because you work hard for your money. So I want to give you the best quality product. And that's why I believe, you know, the company I've been mainstaying with BCW, you know, we we believe that we give the quality product to the people. Yeah, Brian, you can't, you can't want to ask something because I, I feel like I could hog the mic all night, all day. I could trust me. I could talk forever. You got something? Yeah, the, uh, uh, what was it? There was one more part of that question. Uh, and yes. I'm too sure it was. But, uh, so when you had your last championship run, how long was that for? I know you held the belt for a while. Yeah, I did two years on the Bronx Heavyweight Champion. I was oh, there. Okay. Uh, I didn't know yeah, that. yeah, that was uh, two years. I didn't. I didn't. That was that was actually a, a an extension run because the script wasn't for that long. I was going to hold it for a while, so on. And uh, at the time, I was the top heel, one of the top guys there. And you know, it just the, the promoter just said, "No, we're going to keep on going with it." And it was, it's funny because after a while, you're like, oh, my God. You know, it's like I was grateful, but I said, fuck, I got some other bookings I want to do, but I can't do those bookings because I'm committed to this, you know, this championship run. But uh, the promoter up there, he was great. He just kept me going. And then he one day he brought in the guy, TJ Marconi. That's the guy that you yes, were asking. Yes, yes, yes. He brought him in. And he's a, he's a head booker there in the Bronx now. He brought him in, and, and we did the storyline. We did three matches. And uh, out of the three matches, two of them, I kept just running chicken shit style. I, you know, getting my ass whipped, I left. I still stayed the champion. And the final match was a lumberjack match, right? Wow, oh, yeah. You haven't seen one of them in a while. Around the ring and stuff like that. Let me tell you something. That match, when it came out, it was like uh, it had a big fight feel to it. People were hyped. We had all the bad guys on one side, all the good guys on one side. It was just one fucking schmoz. He beat me. And it went over like a million dollars, and that's what we wanted. You know what I'm saying? So that that ended my two-year run. But I was like, damn, finally, because I was like, I was getting tired of running with the belt for like that long, buddy. But what's the importance of getting this new belt, this uh, new BCW belt? Would that be more important to you to get that belt than obviously than getting the last belt, right? 
No, it's, it's you know, it's, it's it's my main state company. It's I've been there for four years and I have not, be, you know, I have never won a championship there. So if I could beat Darius the next time Rustin comes back, that would be a very big accomplishment. If I don't beat Darius, <laughs> definitely shoot, I would not be a pro wrestler anymore. Now we're talking about when you come back, when wrestling comes back. Well, how would we yeah. focus on getting wrestling back to New York? What are some of the guidelines? How, when could it possibly be? Yeah, I know I heard you that you wrote some letters to the New York State Commission to see if, but no answer. No one answers nothing anymore. I, I'm too busy. It's COVID. I'm an emergency. I can't answer my emails. When yeah. can we look forward? I look forward to seeing when you guys come, not, 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 the, not your, say your league, but when they come to Port Channel or they come to local, I, I love that wrestling. I always support that. I take the kids out. What, what's up What's up with wrestling? How's it going to come back after this pandemic, the new norm? Yeah, it's going to take a lot because we don't know. I reached out to the New York State Athletic Commission on behalf of the company I work with just to get some parameters, and unfortunately nobody's got back to me. Uh, pro wrestling falls under entertainment and performance arts, and that's phase four wow. on, in New York City. Unfortunately, that's on hold. Like with the gyms, the gyms will not open up in phase four in New York City. The same wow. thing's going to happen with that. So there will be no performance arts. There will be no theater. There will be no gyms open. So no, the, it's not by, I'm sorry to cut you off, but not by size? Like you would think that... You guys are doing uh, gymnasium-type wrestling events, bigger areas, maybe a little bigger, even for that, under a certain amount of people? No, no. it's Because uh, they have to figure out how do we let the people in. Now, mind you, let's go back and take, take a look at it. You put a pro wrestling show together, okay? You make your money out of the gate, okay? $10, $15, $20, whatever you charge at the gate on there. If you're if the state comes in and says you can't do 100% capacity, you have to do 50 That affects the gate, Man. Majorly, because now let's say even if you have a packed crowd, you just made 50% of the money and you didn't make the other 50%. So how do you make the other 50%? How do we pay the wrestlers? How many wrestlers can we get? Who in the card? What kind of big name can we get to draw? We don't know shit because you won't have money to start with. So we're on pause, as, as far as I know, at least in New York State. Uh, Jersey had a show last week. It was a drive-in show. This week, the Saturday, they're going to have another one which I'm going to go attend to find, to see uh, if everything's successful with that. We're going to probably copycat that in a small sense and try to do something here in New York where we could do a drive-in wrestling. I'm actually looking at a couple of places in the Rockways and in Queens. How about, a- how about Reese? I mean, this may be too hard, but Reese Park parking lot or something like that? I don't know if they rent that out or... Yeah. Um, I'm looking at St. Camilla's parking lot. Okay. That's really big. Yeah, so it's, I've been looking at that right now, so I'm going to talk to Father Richie. Everybody knows Father Richie, right? No, I'm, yeah, I, so. I'm coach. I, I coach the CYO basketball team over there at St. Okay. Camilla. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. Rockaway. It's all about Rockaway. It is all about rock. So I'm going to see if I can get it through Father Richie, see what he says, and then we'll talk to the commission, even if we have to show up on their, on their, on their door. They're located in downtown. But we just need to know exactly why. You know, the game plan right now is – can we run something in New York, or we'll be, or we're just going to be stuck in New Jersey because there's a little bit more freedom there? Because in New York, there's no freedom to do anything right now, wrestling-wise. It's a, yeah. it's kind of crazy because you look at somewhere where an outdoor venue, we could be outdoors. You could section it off with sections. Mm-hmm. Everybody could wear a mask anyway. I mean, I don't know if the mask is which here, which say. I don't, I don't know if that's going to help everything. But you know, little push containers or hand sanitizer set up in each plot. You guys could come down the walkway where don't interact with the fans. I mean, I like the high fives. That sucks. 
Think about it. You can't even give a fucking kid a high five now because you're like, uh, do I give a high five? I do the air bump. Me and my son have this like, hand, we have this hand. We slap hands, but we miss. Used to laugh. Yeah. Used to laugh at people like that. Now that's the new norm. Now. But I mean, this is crazy. I don't understand. You think that's bad? My mom won't kiss me. God damn it. Aww. I'm to see my mom. She goes, no, nah, don't kiss me. Don't not, kiss not me. even because you're ugly. Just because of this fucking COVID. I mean, come on. Funny more, man. You know, no one knows what to do anymore. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's, it's really sad. And it's like, it, it bothers me in, in a sense that we, you know, pro wrestling wise, you have so many talented guys that they can't do nothing right now. They're either sitting at home, you know, living off the money they made, uh, living on merch. Some of them are probably unemployment. Some of them are probably working a, a, a shoot job, a side job just to stay up because there's nowhere to go right now. Yeah, Where you do you know. go? Can't go to Japan. Can't go to Mexico. You can't go anywhere. Mexico. Ask you about merch sales and stuff. Like, do you have to keep your merch sales going in order to really keep money in your pocket? And do your yeah, merch, merch sales go to you? You know what I mean? Like, are you splitting them with BCW? Uh, uh, is there some sort of kickback to them? You know, like, I mean, obviously they have to make something off it also because yeah. you know you're using their brand. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if there is something, and listen, throw it out there right now. Maybe some people want some BCW shirts or some Eric Jaden shirts, some yes, Super Science yes. shirts, you know? Yeah, the BCW shirts, like this one I'm wearing, you can contact BCW, they have them on there. They, a lot of the merch that we have has run out, so he's ordering more stuff on it. That's good. good. Question, if he buys the merch, I get a percentage off the merch because of my you know, likeness on there. Uh, I have my own T-shirt store, and it's called WrestlingTees.com. Eric Jaden, it should be open by tomorrow. I already got the approval. Yeah, I just have to wait. They're, they're just approving the different designs and then on there. Uh, personally, I send stuff. If people hit me on, on Facebook, I've gone through all my shirts. i got through all my 8x10s. Right now, the only thing I have left is action, you know, like little baseball cards, Eric Jaden, you know, collectibles. I have those left. But, and you'll um, even, even sign it for him. Tell him. I'll even sign it for you. That's awesome shit, man. I used to see it all the time when I first, like, really started watching, you know, like, your videos. Like, you used to, you used to do a lot of promo videos. You'd cut a lot of promos yeah. on, on the train on the way to, to events or the day before an event or whatever it is. And I used to watch those. And, and they were always fun to watch. I mean, you, you had a series. Uh, what was the series called again that you had going on? Oh, uh, I, uh, the Love uh, Eric J and Love Line? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how do you not watch it? You know what I mean? I, I enjoyed it, you know, knowing you and all that stuff, you know, it was it was, it was that much better for me, you know. But. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It's, I did a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, when I first got, you know, into BCW was actually the company, I'll be honest, the regional company that gave me the opportunity to really be creative on my own with my with, with my style. Uh, they actually allowed me to work a lot of matches. Let me tell you something. You want to talk about pressure? Every match I ever got in BCW Every match, like it was like always, like I had to excel it. If mm -hmm. I had to meet expectation or excel, and I did. This is why I, I survived so long, and I was able to face so many people because it was uh, I was the the mid card guy, you know, from the top tier. I was always that guy there that could always interject into something that happened. So I was happy about that. I was basically the Shawn Michaels of you know of you know of, of BCWs on there. So they. Uh, it's a great company. My, uh, Mr. Anthony Cole owns it. Great guy. Uh, and he gave me that opportunity where I evolved. When I, I had the sexy character, then I became the same character. Now I got this sexy assassin character going on on there. 
and you have the mask. The eye thing, the, sit there with the eye thing, man. I'm like looking at you with the eye thing. You got the furry, the furry gladiator. When I yes, when, when I first when I when I first saw you, had these big puffy boots. I'm like, what the hell is up with this guy? But uh, Anthony Cole, the president of the BCW, will be on Book the System. I'm gonna have him on the show, so hopefully I can help him promote anything he has coming forward with with yes. wrestling. I mean, I'm not the biggest wrestler, but I have a wrestling ring behind me, and I can see you slipping in, uh, right? You know, sliding through the ring, and you're getting up and you're yelling, and you have the trademark call. I don't know if you want to do it, if you could do it for me. What's your trademark call? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I had a buddy of mine, Norman Cohen, right? This guy was like the wrestling guy. He loved Ric Flair. And he would go, whoo, right? And then he would sell hot, hot dogs or pretzels at Shea Stadium. And I'm sitting at the stadium, and I'm like, hot dogs, whoo. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is that Norman? Sure, <laughs> yo, sure as shit. It was Norman Cohen, man. I'm like, there's Norman. Ah, yeah, love wrestling. I love you. I love you. I, I just love your call. Because I'm watching one on Broad Channel. Check this out. This guy on Broad Channel is filmed. Like, oh, he's filming with, a, with a, a phone, I guess it looks like. This is, the guy tells the security guard, move the fuck out of the way. I'm trying to film, man. Move out of the way. <laughs> so, so you come into the ring and you're doing a woo. And then all of a sudden, some, this, this blew my mind now. This blew, listen, this blew my fucking, whoops. A guy with a hockey puck comes out. Jewish guy. With the, with the, with the, with the Hasidic, with the, with the strings hanging down, right? Like, like straight up. 129th Street, Core Street, playing basketball, shooting. That's what I'm talking about, right? I'm like, he's going to wrestle this guy. So I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Who the fuck is this guy? Yo, he comes out. He throws this hat. You know the hat's the hockey puck hat? He throws it at you, and you fall down. It must have got heavy or something. Like, yo, oh, I can't get the fuck up. I can't get the fuck up. That thing weighs a thousand pounds, that fucking hat, man. A thousand pound hat. They came in on his head. No crane or nothing. He runs in. Then during the match, great match, guy, you know, the guy, I gotta give him props, uh, his name is Glass, what's his first name, I'm sorry. Ice Glass. Oh, great, 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 oh, uh, this was like the best match that you wouldn't be able to see because you're not, it's in, it's in, uh, Broad Channel, it's not in Madison Square Garden. If this was on, uh, uh in the Forum and in California, you'd be like, holy shit, yo, he's doing his dances now, the guy, you're over there going, ooh, rubbing yourself, spraying motherfuckers, and I'm like, yo, this is the match, he's entertaining. Because I see the guys, the guys are cheering for you. Eric, yeah, Eric, Eric. And then I found out Eric is a bad guy, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Uh, Jewish guy, yeah, yeah. And Broad Channel is rooting for your city guy, and I'm loving it. He takes a, a bagel out now. Out of his pants, the other guy, and starts beating Eric in the head with a bagel. Have you ever seen that? Ever, ever, ever. And that hurt. <laughs> then you drop, and thank the gods that you won that match. And when you strolled out, Right, you know, we, we, right across the streets to call, to call ahead. You're strolling out that pass, and you're walking, and they're booing the shit out of you. And that's like they were cheering, clapping. That's what that was like, I'm sure, right? Yes, exactly. What a, yo, thank you for that match. I mean, if you guys want to check it out on YouTube, check it out. Just put Eric Jaden versus, I don't know, uh, Glass, and it'll come right on. Classic match, bro. Thank you, brother. Yeah, it was fun. Matthias Glass is a great character. Matthias. Uh, he Matthias. took a little break for a little while. Yeah, yeah, he took a little break for a little while, and he's back. It's just a great character because you know, he plays like he plays like a Hasidic hitman type of character. Like he's a crazy Hasidic guy, Jew guy, and he's just it works so good. And that I mean, is a just, sitcom, yo, Eric. That is that a sitcom? If you're in it now, you're the bad guy. He's the roommate. You're the roommate. 
You're telling me you wouldn't want to see that sitcom? Like, what the fuck do they do at home? Like, a Passover dinner or something like that. What goes on? That's a great, yeah. ca- great character, man. How did, it takes a lot to play a character like that. How did you get into your character? Like, how did you go around picking a character? Coming out of fighting, you got to get the character. Well, I don't know if it's uh, the, the Federation League. But how did you become your character? How did I create it? Yeah, yeah. How did you come up with it? How did you... Because it's great. I mean, you sell it. Yeah. After after I did the sexy character, the definition of Dorian sexiness, there was always this hashtag, and it said the sexy, you know, saying, and I was like, it came from fans, and I was like, saying, okay, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan, I love saying stuff like that, so I said, you know what, I'm going to create myself, and I'm going to be the sexy saying, so I got a logo made, which Brian, it was the time Brian, I guess, started catching on to it, and I said, what am I going to do, how can I dress, do I dress like a saying, or do I dress my own style, so I started getting a lot of fur stuff. And I started getting fur pads, fur boots, fur everything, gladiator look. And that's when it just started to develop. And uh, it did good. Let me tell you something. It did really good. And then we, I evolved it again to the sexy. I was the sexy saying black. Then I evolved into the sexy saying rosé. Uh, and every, every time I win a championship belt, I continue to evolve. That's my gimmick. So next time I win a belt, I'm going to be the sexy saying God or sexy saying gold, either or on there. And I'll change my gear to reflect that. The character is based on anime, you know, uh, anime yeah, sci-fi, yeah, yeah. and it's also based on uh, my love for kung fu, the kung fu movies back then on Channel Five. I don't know if you guys remember that. I kicked the shit out of my brother all the time on Saturdays, man. With I, yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember. Yeah, Couldn't watch. Yeah, <laughs> six chambers of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the kid with the iron, uh, with the uh, you know, iron arm, all that stuff. So. We mixed it together, and we have it. We, you know, the group of guys that we have together, and we created. Uh, we used to be the Deadly Saint Squad. Then we, unfortunately, somebody sent us a letter saying <laughs> we need to stop doing that or stop paying some royalties. So we moved on, and we created ourselves, and we evolved to the Satsujin Squad, which yeah. is Japanese means murder. So it's a more darker image, but I'll tell you why. We go out there. And we could just we could tell everybody to go take a flying hop. They still love us. It was you it know? was funny because I I googled it. I looked it up and I'm like murder. I'm like oh shit. That's like some serious shit, man. Yeah, it's yeah. We try not. We we didn't want to go with like I spoke to you. I didn't yeah, want to go yeah, with yeah. the name exactly murder. So we said <laughs> let's let's just hide it with the with a Japanese symbol that stands for murder. Let's find out what how you say murder Japanese. So we did it. and it's over. It's everywhere we gone. People just absolutely love it. I have a great crew of guys. Uh, as you see, my manager, uh, Nia Kennedy, she's awesome. Uh, I love, I, I love our dynamic because if you look around pro wrestling, there's not that wrestler manager thing a lot going on. It was almost like a dying art. So me and uh, and Nia decided to kind of resurrect that, and we played. I'm sorry, we played to the T, where she cheats and I use yeah, her yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And the whole premise is, is that she's in love with me and she'll do anything for me. You know, even get knocked out. <laughs> I, I seen it, man. Get kicked in the head. She played it perfect. Boom, laid down. I was like, she's great, man. What a, what awesome. a, what a, awesome. She's awesome. Yeah, she's, she's 30, just like 35 years in this business. She grew up when uh, it was very tough to be a female wrestler. Yeah. Uh, really bad times. Uh, they were taken advantage of, unfortunately. They were processed, the proposition a lot. If you want me to book you. You know, you got to do something for me, type it. So she came in a really bad, bad time, but she fought through. She was in the ring with so many greats. So a lot of people don't know a lot about her, but if you ever see her in a show, sit down with her. She'll tell you some stories. You'll be like, wow, that's crazy. Like, she, she's been around. I learned a lot from her. I love stories. I love stories. Yeah. 
right now. I have uh, the other two, uh, three guys I have on my team are young guys. I'm the, I'm the veteran in the group. I have Dominic De Niro, the psycho assassin, real good guy. <laughs> uh, Chris Barton, the big big dude with the with the hair, looks like a big uh, fucking fur man. Like you know, yeah. he's you know, he's awesome. He's uh he's a part of my group. They call him the Beast Assassin. And then I have the cyborg assassin, Rick Recon. Awesome. He's a great guy, upstate. Play looks like. Like looks like a Terminator. I love it. He has that Terminator look, the hair, the whole thing hard. And we vibe very well. We've been it's been a tough road between us, but we when we get together, we create magic. I have to be honest. We really do. People love seeing us fall together. Because you know why? It goes back to what I tell the younger kids coming up when they're training. Don't worry, it's not about the moves. It's about the character. Okay? You can see me, Brian could come see me do a flip, right? And then the next match, somebody else does that flip. Another match, it gets repetitious. You want to see the character. What's the storyline? Yeah. See, that when I go out there, I've worked super hard for you guys to believe that I'm the sexy saying, you know, and I have to tell you guys a story. And if I don't, then I fail. I try to teach the younger guys a lot. They say, don't worry. Less is more. Concentrate on the character. Hey, a great wrestler just retired recently, The Undertaker. One of the greatest characters ever, ever, guys. He was awesome. He yeah, played yeah. The Undertaker yeah, in different yeah. roles. And different, and he yeah. always got over. Why? Because he never variated. He always stayed very, very guarded to the character. That's what you got to do to get over. It's true. I, I had no clue that The Undertaker was. Even Kane. Like, Kane was a character that I had no clue. I seen him speak at a college. And I'm like, holy shit, that's Kane? He's <laughs> the mayor. <laughs> now he's the mayor of uh, somewhere. I, I think it was <laughs> Mayor, of, but he's like the mayor. No, he's really the mayor. Of I know, I know, I see that, but crazy, man. Nah, I love, I love the wrestling. I remember with my uncle he used to watch wrestling. I mean, till he died, he would get a forty ounce man, and then he would get a fucking old record and break up, roll his jays up, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this guy's rolling, but he had to watch his wrestling. Everyone it didn't matter, pay for views, this, that. He was getting, he loved it, loved it. They absolutely loved it, man. So wrestling's a part of a lot of people's lives. Yeah, it's fun. And you know what? That's something <laughs> I've been trying the hardest, the hardest over the last several years is try to bring pro wrestling to the Rockaways. Because I feel like in the Rockaways, we have the repetitious stuff. I love the bands. Don't get me wrong, guys. I'm, I'm all about Rockaways, but I can only watch Wine with Sue for so long. I can only watch this so and this so. Oh good. no, you're gonna get beat up, bro. You're gonna get pushed around and stop and shop. You're out of your mind. Why would I fight like your mama Sue? I heard you talking about Bucks Joe. He says I'm a Mama Sue. Not gonna dare you. How dare you? We need, we need change, brother. We need some boxing is once a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's nothing else. What I else know. do we do? And do we drink? I don't wanna drink. Let's watch some wrestling. You know, let's watch something different. I just been that's what I've been trying to do. Hopefully, if everything works out after the pandemic and after this is over. We'll have a dedicated wrestling company. It's breaking news right now. Uh, part of BC, it'll be part of BCW. Uh, it's called King Pro Wrestling, and that might be out here, based out of the Rockway. So we could have a show every other month out here, you know, with four kids and stuff like that. Oh, I love breaking news on Buck the System Live. You hear that first? Now I love to sit down, and I would love to be the guy saying any kind of stupid shit behind it. It is like I'll, I'll, I can learn. Trust me, man. You teach me a couple lessons, I would sit right there. I can't get in the ring. Can't get in the ring. I don't know why I can't do that, but uh, I'm fat and can't cardio okay. like man, whatever. I'll but I would love to sit there and, and do that, right, Brian? Can you imagine both be there at the same time? We can have a podcast right from there, stream it live, and and have somebody who really knows what's going on in between us. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck do you just do? You know, I keep PG, I keep PG. But uh, you know, something like that, man. I love. I'm just intrigued because 
you as a person, a wrestler, you put your mind to it at an early age, and it's a tough, tough industry to get through to, especially the point you would have been where you told me that you were uh, discriminated because your age, which is kind of, I, what the age, you want a wrestler that has uh, 20 years experience, but, but age ain't, ain't a big thing when you got to get manis in the back signing uh, autographs because you got to get people to the door, but they're different. But anyway, I appreciate you as a performer, as a person, as somebody who's going through something right now that is short, shared it around Facebook. There's only about a couple people watching now. They're like, we're talking about an hour, and Buck can go on and on. He just like slips and dies other ways. But uh, the whole thing is you're a good person, man, and Rockaway is definitely lucky to have a person like you. And you've been here more than 20 years, so you're not officially a DFD. So that's Thank that's God. that's pretty good. <laughs> Right? What, is breaking point at that? what is the breaking point of you no, no longer consider DFD? I don't know. Brian, Like you, Brian, you grew up in the Bronx, right? And I got to tell everybody at home how I met Brian Fox. We were good friends, right? Uh, we went, we went, uh, I'm not asking you, Brian, I'm just telling them at home. Uh, we went, I was at a movie theater, the movie theater, of course, straight where I live. Surfside yeah. Sir, yeah. had, had a little movie theater, right? Little movie theater. Physical therapy now. Yeah, physical therapy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But but that was the movie theater, right? That was the movie theater we all went to. We all, whatever. I'm sitting in there and I hear, and I see this kid. I don't know. He's from the Bronx. He's cousins with a friend of a friend. And he's drinking a fucking two liter of Pepsi. And I'm like, who the fuck brings a two liter of Pepsi into the movie theater? They're like, yeah, it's Brian. I'm like, oh, what up, Brian? Yankee. And everything was Yankees because that was like in the 80s, right? We were like, the Mets were part of the shit. So we could talk, you know, you're a Yankee fan, you ain't a piece of shit. We won the World Series, man. Yankees had on the code. I'm like, out of Bronx. But that's the first time I met you. Rockaway, but Rockaway needs stuff like that for the kids because there's no movie theater. Uh, there's no Dave and Busters. There's, uh, I mean, I'm not, not Dave and Busters, but something where kids can play games. Any boardwalk you go in the world and you ain't got no games or kind of festival to celebrate the boardwalk? Wait, wait, what the fuck? All that property going all the way from 70-something street all the way down. Somebody can't turn that into something for the youth or so. No? I know. Dude, I, listen, I, I said it. I, with all these millionaires everywhere that want to develop, we can't develop the boardwalk? <laughs> like, really? That's that difficult? Uh, nah, I don't believe it. It's pretty... There's a lot of more politics behind that. Yeah, but that's gonna be no, 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 no. Nope. Tell me what you want to do. Politics. You do want to get into politics. You said your goal in life is to have not a life. I should say life is to feed the hungry and and, and help the homeless. Okay, I got that. Politics on a podcast, which is pretty cool. I heard you have ideas of your want to get into politician to be a politician. Uh, run over here, man. Next time it comes around, get your face out there. I'll give you a vote. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I'm thinking strongly about it on there, and I'm definitely gonna do the podcast is being built right now. Okay, it's called Politically Correct, and uh, we're gonna we're just gonna talk about the current state of what's going on in this world. Uh, what's why why we you know where we at you know if whether you're a Democrat, a socialist, or Republican. I'm a Republican, okay. I'm and I'm hated by the Republican Party because I actually speak up. I say stuff because over the years, at least. Jesus, man, more than about, say, I would say at least seven to ten years, the Republican Party itself has lost contact with the working class people like us. They have. They really have. And we need to we need to out this current president. We definitely do. We need to out a lot of the current Republicans that have been there that are, are somehow net worth $40 million. I, I didn't know you could go into politics and be net worth $40 million. You got to push these guys off to the side, I know, and bring some new blood in. 
and have the Republican Party go back to its roots where we would take care of the people. At the end of the day, it's about taking care of people. I just don't understand why a lot of people lose focus on that. If you're going to politics, you want to help people, right? Yeah, so you should be taking care of people. I don't care about taking care of my 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 my, uh, my pockets. Okay, I'm gonna make money. That's fine. But I need to take care of my bosses. Who are my bosses? The people who put you in the office in the fucking first place. You know I'll, what I'm saying? I'll tell you That's something. Fucking- I'll tell you something really funny about that. It's kind of true, but. We spoke. Uh, what's the? I'm really bad with names, man. But the father has the book out. The author. Um, help me out. Help me out. I mean, uh, with the with do- documentary is gonna come on the show. I, I'm really bad with names. Oh my god, you got Fox. Father, talk, you no, I'm talking about Brian. Brian, the guy you're gonna get on. Uh, oh man, Liz's husband. What's his? I, I, Kevin Brother. Yes, Kevin yes. I'm sorry. I, I forget the name. I'm, that's why I have Fox on. Fox is my man to give you the names. He said, his father said, and this is a great quote, he said, that he'd rather trust a mobster, a mobster, than trust a politician. And this guy was the leading, you know, guy in the, in the newspapers in New York City for how many years? Columnist. Yo, he said he'd rather trust because they were straight up with you. They weren't going to freaking lie to you. So I don't, I don't know if you're Democrat, you're Republican. I think everybody's just a piece of shit in a way that's in there representing and we got to have people that care. If it's Democrat, I want people that care about the people. And if it's Republican, I want them to care about the people. And if it's and do the right thing. Do the right thing. That's it. I think we can go out. And, and I hate the good politics. So I'm going to let us go after this because I know people are like, click, 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 click. If we could take care of a country and feed them and give them money and give them money because we can have a base outside of their country, we can feed the kids. We can feed the home. We can home the homeless people can have shelter. It could be this. That shit should never come. Yo, with the most powerful country uh, in the world, they should not have any problems like that, man. I'm sorry. Rome, even Rome took care of their own people. They weren't even homeless people when they walked down the streets of Rome as much as it is. Yeah, come on, guys. Anyway, Eric, let me get off that subject. But thank you so much. We're over an hour. I don't like to go too far over an hour. Brian, I really enjoyed um, helping me out, man, because you're there. I got, we'll get quicker. We'll get quicker with it. Trust me, I'm like I'm like that guy with the with the name and the name, and I'm, I'm like I'm, that's the way I do it, man. But I have one thing though I do yeah. I do want to do uh, with you, Eric, and yes. it's been that me and Buck are talking about doing something new. Um, it, it's more or less like a five question rapid response thing, like a five just quick five questions. Go ahead. Uh, who's your favorite all time wrestler? Hulk Hogan. Macho Man, Red Savage. Do you feel they influenced your direction in the business? Yes, it did. Who do you feel is number one right now, male or female or both? Oof. Females are kidding, pretty killing it out there. I do like Charlotte Flair. She's an awesome, awesome nice. wrestler. I agree. They're, females are killing it also right now. Totally. And they look good, too. They look good, too. Becky Lynch took over wrestling for the past two years. There's no doubt about that. And yeah. Charlotte's thought, I think Charlotte's taking her reign now, especially with Ric Flair being back on the screen. It's going to be interesting to watch her. Um, which do you prefer? Do you prefer the smaller circuits, or do you like watching the WWE, NXT, AEW? In your in your opinion, who do you think is at the top of the game right now? I like I prefer I prefer the smaller circuits to be quite honest. On there, nice. on top of the game right now, oof, that's 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 rough because it's so hard. But I'm going to say Cody Rhodes. Okay. From AEW, Cody. He's yeah, he's he, he's killing it right now too, man. I mean, he took AEW and made it what it is now. I mean, they're doing pay per views and all this other stuff. And I mean, good, good job. Yeah. Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon crushes everything. 
my last question for you is, uh, honestly, I think Vince McMahon would be great if he got involved in politics and all that stuff. I think he'd kill a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> Could be the next Trump. What, what's your dream match opponent uh, that you feel that you would click with the best? Like somebody that you could step in the ring with and you know that you would put on the best show of your life. Wow. I'm going to be honest. I have it two. Could be, it could be, a, it could be a, a dead wrestler also. Somebody that passed away. You know, uh, you know, I mean, listen, Owen Hart was one of the greatest. You know? I would have loved, loved to wrestle the hitman Bret Hart. Uh, he would have been one of the, so on, right now, Kenny Omega would have been good. I'd love to wrestle him. And believe it or not, the guy who broke my arm, Darius Man. Carter. Uh, we had such great chemistry that the next match is going to be insane. Insane. That's awesome. Fox, what would your wrestling name be, man? What would you, what would you be? What would your wrestling name be? You think? Uh, I had to think of something. I'd be the Icebox. Icebox Fox. Come on. Icebox Fox. There was a horse called Icebox. I remember it ran third in the Belmont a couple of years back, man. Icebox. Icebox Fox came out with when Refrigerator Perry was around. And I was playing football back then. No equipment. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about the Disney movie. I oh, okay, the girl, the girl. The refrigerator Perry. I remember you guys were all oh, Icebox Fox. That's <laughs> all good, man. I wouldn't know who I'd be, but I'm just happy to have you in my hometown. All about Rockaway, Eric Eric Jaden, pro wrestler. Reach him on. I'm gonna tag him here. Any guys you can find him. He's easy to find. Message your mail. Send your stuff. If you got any. Uh, Swag, you can send the Bucks way, you know what I'm saying? Or Fox, extra, extra, extra large, because quarantine size. No, but anyway, but I got uh, the president. I like to hook up with him, cut him on. I like to have anybody, you know, your, your clip, your assassins, you know, your crew. They want to stop by and say hello. I love to have them on. I'll speak with them and bring them over to Fox. Yes, sir. Rapid Fire Fox. Yeah, Rapid Fire Fox. Do you, have any, do you have any plugs or anything that you want to put out there, websites or anything like that for the Wrestling Federation or anything you want to throw out there? Because yes, we are, I have this on Twitter and a bunch of stuff right now, so it's getting out. Uh, you want to follow me on uh, Facebook, Eric Jaden, on Twitter at FollowTheBadGuy, and on Instagram at BadGuySexiness. And I just, so just check out, uh, keep an eye on my uh, social media sites. I will be putting up the link to my uh, Pro Wrestling Tees t-shirt shop for, for merchandise. Nah, I'm looking out for that. Thank you so much. I appreciate Fox again on the stuff that we can add to the show. So I think it'd be a nice flavor. We're going to have to get that set up over there, and we're going to be coming out live. It's going to be good. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Check out, for, check out every Thursday, too, Rockaway Times. You have an article, Wrestling Talk. So I'm looking out for that, too. So I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Also, Bungalow Bar is open, Phase 2. Boardwalk, I mean, the back deck, go out there and eat. Actually, my daughter is working there, and I want to put something up that people at home can see. It's kind of funny. I flashed in the beginning of the show. She graduated from high school. She's on her way to Cortland. Hopefully next, you know, in September, she'll be able to go to school up there without this bullshit. I don't know what's going to happen then, but this is when she was, she was born premature. I had four pounds, my baby, four pounds. They put her in a little French fry maker because she was so little to come home. I got a picture when she was little. I'm gonna post it up right here. Where, where is it? And then if I can see my, maybe people will tune in for that and see what she. Oh, she's so cute. There's my daughter off to Cortland. What do you think? Okay, awesome. <laughs> she's not gonna like if I if I showed her this, she'd be like, "Are oh, you crazy?" <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much, guys. You guys are watching. Buck the system live. We have some great stuff coming up. I also uh, Wicked Tuna is gonna come out out of Banks. I'm really connected with them guys. I'll be having Captain Zach. Shackleton on. He has the roster rocket. If you're familiar with the show, 
these boys fish their ass off on a 25-foot boat, and they go out and catch tunas in the outer banks of Carolina. I also got um, my boy, Bobby Buggin'. Bobby Buggin', real and buggin', really buggin'. They'll be on the show. Wicked Tuna Captains look forward to them on, I think it's Tuesday nights, will be the national show. The Thursday show will be all about Rockaway. We'll have our guys like Jay, Eric on. I'm about to call you Jaden. I had a kid on my basketball team back-to-back -back years with the same name as first name. But I appreciate it. I look forward to doing this again. Or maybe working on your side to help you out. I can always hold the camera or something like that. Thanks, Fox. You can email us at the bottom, buckthesystempodcast at gmail.com. I got a really cool um, sponsors coming in, a bait company that's going to sponsor come Wicked Tuna stuff. So, Nice things coming out. Hopefully I can start the show better instead of stumbling and bumbling. I wouldn't be a good wrestler, I'll tell you that, coming out of the ring. Like, blah, 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 ooh, ooh. But I, I messed the show up anyway. In the beginning, I think it was a lot of fun when I got rolling. Thank you so much. Peace out. I'm going to play a little uh, commercial plug here. So uh, good night, everybody. Big Apple Elevator Service is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, family-owned and operated elevator maintenance company. We'll provide you with the best service possible with a one-hour response time for any trouble calls you may have. We also perform all Category 1 and 5 tests that are required in New York and clear any existing violations so your elevators are safe and up to code. Call 212-279-0700. 212-279-0700. Thanks for listening to Buck the System. Next time, Buck Gritano will do it all again, and we hope you'll join us for the ride. In the meantime, you can reach out to us at buckthesystempodcast at gmail.com. With questions, comments, suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address again is buckthesystempodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on Buck the System.